Welcome to the next edition of the Digital Workplace Services Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. In each episode, we dive deep into some aspect of the Digital Workplace Services. Today, I'm sitting with the Director of Digital Workplace Services, Tom Adams. Tom is responsible for driving the development of the advanced service desk technologies that Unisys markets under the IntelliServe brand. Today, Tom has promised to share with us the future of IntelliServe, especially how it's expanding beyond just the service desk to also enhance field services. Tom, I've got so many questions for you, but I think I'm gonna start with this one. You know, at the end of 2018, you sat down with us and you presented a vision about IntelliServe. You, you looked at the traditional service desk services and realized there were some fundamental problems with how service desk was being delivered. I mean, what did you see as the biggest problem with traditional service desk? End user frustration. That was the uh, the number one thing that that led us into and in developing IntelliServe. We specifically started out looking at the service desk. Um, that is, you know, your central point of how users gain support. We took a look at calls to the service desk were the number one contact method versus um, all the time, effort, and organizational change management, you know, that we've invested in and in getting users to go to uh, self-service portals and utilize those. Um, and what it all really boils down to is users get frustrated. Uh, they get frustrated with the amount of information we throw at them, uh, how difficult it can be to go and access data uh, or information or requesting certain things. Um, and so it just, it gets frustrating. And it really started coming uh, to the forefront um, is around that uh, magic word of consumerization. Uh, everybody's been talking about it for many years. It's a, it's a great buzzword, but that frustration, I believe you can go back and correlate that to things uh, that are, you know, out in the environment, such as how you uh, go and shop, you know, whether you use Amazon or, you know, do I use Siri to do certain things on my phone? So then you start to ask yourself in the middle of trying to, to ask for a request software, you ask, why is this so hard? It's so much easier to, to you know, get something online and have it delivered to my house, but I can't simply get a piece of software that uh, is is meant for me to accomplish my my goals uh, or my objective, which will allow my company to to you know accomplish those goals. So that was the that was the premise of um, sitting down and, and developing IntelliServe. One of the other aspects of IntelliServe that's that's different. Anyone that's followed you around will will have heard you say this: that you know we already had a chatbot right prior to IntelliServe. You're saying, hey, we're not just building another chatbot here. We are really creating through artificial intelligence, analytics, and automation, an enterprise personal assistant. Now, help us help us understand a little bit what is the difference between a chatbot and an enterprise personal assistant. Our generation one chatbot built into our self-service portals, it, it stopped at a point. Um, just like, you know, Alexa, if you ask Alexa something and she doesn't know, um, she's going to tell you, I don't know. I, you know. I can't do that. That's not good enough. We have to be able to use that AI to our artificial intelligence to be able to um, not only determine what it is you need, but be able to get, you know, execute on that and either automatically resolve that problem or, or initiate that request 
or be able to get you to somebody that can. And so when eliminating that frustration, we determined that we had to put the enterprise personal assistant across the telephony channel as well. Tom, uh, maybe, you know, to help our listeners out, an example might help. Is there something that you could, you know, contrast that we might ask a chatbot and expect it to be able to help with versus a true enterprise personal assistant? Really, when you start to talk about artificial intelligence uh, and you talk about, you know, what we commonly refer to chatbot, there's really three different variations of this. The first and the lowest level chatbot, it operates on a single turn exchange basis. So what does that mean? Uh, an example of that is you asking Alexa to turn off your lights or to turn on your TV or to change the thermostat. You know, single turn exchange meaning I'm asking for something. It processes it based upon keywords and and then a automated action that says, okay, this is what I called this. Now just go execute the on off. It really doesn't know what it is. Um, and, it, and it has to be that very direct um, interchange. When you talk about the second level, you're really starting to talk about conversational agents. And the difference there is that the conversational agents, they engage in user conversation to understand the nature of the problem. So uh, it will communicate back and forth. It will uh, ask you clarification questions. So it's trying to get to the intent of what you're calling for. We as humans don't necessarily um, just always come out and say specifically what we need. Um, and so it has the ability to then conversate with you to understand that. Then you get to the third level and the third level is enterprise personal assistant. And what that third level is, is it's the conversational agent, but it actually has enough data that it can uniquely associate it with you, the individual user. So I greet you because I already know you're logged in um, and you're on the land. I greet you with a personal greeting um, of, you know, good morning, Weston. Uh, how are you? You know, can I help you? When you say, okay, I need to uh, schedule a, a contact. Can I have someone call me back at a certain time? I don't need to ask you for your phone number. I already have. I know, understand your phone number. I understand your location. And then I just, it simply asks you, can you verify this? Is it okay to call you? So it has somewhat of its own unique personality based on that, that, that information. Um, and so that's your, really your three different variations of artificial intelligence and how it's used in that chatbot world. I think I'm getting it, Tom. It's kind of like uh, when you're at the EPA level, the enterprise personal assistant, it's like having a trusted uh, friend and advisor looking over your shoulder that you can actually you know, walk through multiple steps uh, to guide you through solving a problem, which is cool. Well, absolutely. And so that's that's one of the big premises around IntelliService. Why should I, as a user, have to go to the uh, self-service portal and type in a knowledge base or search at the top to figure out which form or link do I need to use to request something when I can just simply ask that enterprise personal assistant and it actually executes for me um, through conversation. You've built that, Tom. I mean, that's what the IntelliServe platform is doing. It's providing all the things you just described, a true artificial intelligence, a one place to go for the help, backed up by analytics and automation. And, and we didn't talk about all those things in detail here. And I just invite our listeners to go back and listen to our previous podcast to understand those components. Because what I really want to focus on with you, Tom, is the next wave of IntelliServe. How are we using IntelliServe to help with field services? 
it's really focused on, on three components. Um, the first is what we call tech assist, um, which is really focused on on-site support technicians. The second is dispatch assist, which is focused on, of course, as it, <laughs> as it says, dispatch technicians. Um, and then the third is virtual tech cafe. I mean, I mentioned at the start of this podcast that everything that we focused on so far has been around automating the service desk. But have we forgotten about in-person field support? I mean, or, or is field support dead? Well, absolutely not. You really see when you start talking about tech cafes and, and you know, how those continue to increase in the satisfaction. People are, you know, really enjoy that in-person support. We started this out to change the, and change the game with service desk um, and how do we apply you know, what's really becoming a, a AI ops platform for workplace. Um, so really starting to look at how this can apply to other services. Uh, so for example, uh, why does a field tech have to go back to their desk every single time that they, they finish work and they've got to go and update the ticket um, and then they have to close it? Why should I be able to just ask my personal assistant to say, hey, I need you to update this ticket number this is the status and can you close it for me? You know, it's, it's really all about how do we take um, the mundane repetitive tasks, uh, automate those things so that the technicians, the agents, uh, the support personnel can really focus on the user. Uh, one of the things that I've heard you and your team talk about is the marriage of merged reality with the virtual agent in IntelliServe and then using that technology as the core of a virtual tech cafe. Can you explain that a little bit more? How does that work? We got to thinking, and actually I'll say we got to thinking. Uh, it's really our clients started asking us um, and, and taking a look at it and saying, you know, uh, could we apply this, um, this tech cafe experience? How could we do that at remote locations that don't want the cost of a, you know, a staff tech cafe? And so uh, the team sat down and started looking at it and said, you know what, we can do this. We can make it to where uh, a user can walk into a, a kiosk or a booth or, you know, we have several different variations that we're um, using, but can communicate with, um, you know, with the enterprise personal assistant to, to identify the issue. That way the enterprise personal assistant can open up a ticket um, and assign it. And then, um, you know, again, if there's an automated resolution, then the EPA is going to say, hey, I can fix this for you. Can You know, you want me to go ahead and do that. Um, but if, they, if it isn't, then connecting to a live uh, technician, um, just as you would walk up and talk to a technician in a tech cafe, but being able to, through a, a camera and a video screen, be able to connect to a, a, a technician, be able to, to see that technician and talk back and forth, but then even being able to turn that camera and be able to, the technician to be able to look at what the issue is and be able to point, um, you know, through that merge reality, through that camera, be able to, to demonstrate things, point to things, uh, freeze frame and be able to draw on the screen. Um, so again, it's that, it's it's kind of intermingling between the technology and the in-person support. We kind of wondered how users would would uh, take to this, but I think from what we've what we've seen um, and experienced, that uh, the users are loving it. A lot of times, we in, we in technology are guilty of creating some cool thing. We throw it over to 
end users and say, hey, here's a cool thing. And then it sits on the shelf. I mean, you pointed to click to fix as, as an example of that automation that just sat on a portal and nobody used. So for all of this new stuff and thinking about user experience and actual user engagement, what is it that you're doing differently to make sure that if we build something for a client, this technology we're talking about here in Teleserve, that their end users will come and actually use it? You made a statement there is getting them to come to use it. I, I think that's the difference. Taking a look at first the user and, you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, taking a look at their behaviors, right? Why do people behave the way they do? There's a lot of studies. It's, you know, uh, it's psychology. There's a lot of uh, things that explain why we as humans do some of the things that we do. Um, and then you break it down further and look at the generational differences, but you can always come back to a common theme and why people love to turn on their lights with Alexa versus just getting up and going over and turning it off, right? Um, or utilizing Siri to send a text to somebody. There's reasons why they enjoy that, that experience. Um, and so staying focused, number one, on that type of experience. It's not replicating it, but understanding what it is about that experience that users benefit from and enjoy. And then going back and saying, okay, how can I achieve that type of experience or what they like the best about that experience? Um, like you said, too many times we start with the technology and the cool whiz-bang toys and say, okay, now let me go push this out there and everybody's going to love it because it's really cool to me. When in reality, people say it's, it's, it's difficult to use. And you get siloed technologies. Again, a chatbot is a very siloed technology that's embedded into a web page that pops up and looks really cool. But at the end of the day, if I go to try to use it and it just tells me to go call somebody else or go to another site, uh, I'm going to get frustrated and I'm not going to go back and use it again. And I wouldn't use Alexa if I asked her to turn my light off and she said, no, get up and go do it yourself. I, I will say the, the, the organization and the team have done uh, a phenomenal job of, of really changing our mindset and how do we utilize the technology to achieve that and the business outcomes. Uh, you know, I'm really proud to say that we're starting to help bridge that gap between IT and the business because we're bringing capabilities to the table that businesses can really relate to and start to ask those what if questions, could I questions. Now, Tom, I know you were in New York City uh, last week for our analyst event um, with one of our key clients. One of the things that I overheard there was how their end users had stopped calling the service desk. They called it the helpless desk. And we actually had to do something working closely with them. You mentioned organizational change management to get those users to understand that things were different. This is a totally different way of support. Um, it is going to be different. It's better. You've got different choices with the tech cafe, the artificial agent, uh, artificial intelligent agent. What, what were some of the things that we did to get those users to to educate them that things were going to be different. I think the best thing that that the the partnership, the teams that were engaged both from our side and the, and the client side did was they rebranded. They didn't try to go out and say, "Hey, oh, you know, there's this new technology, come try it." What they said was, "We're rebranding. We're different, and we're here for you." So there was, you know, from a branding effort, there was, you know, communications going out explaining that service was going to be better, that their their concerns and their voice had been heard. There was videos, there was a ton of information. It generated a lot of excitement. 
which is very evident in the fact that when that desk went live, we almost doubled the uh, call volume that was expected. You know, same thing as, you know, somebody says, here's this new technology. Well, I'm going to go try it. And again, like I said a while ago, if, if it doesn't work, I'm probably not going back. Um, and so it generated that excitement. And those volumes are staying up because we're executing on that and we're delivering on the promises that were made to the users through that, that communication and that rebranding. And, and talking about that branding, I, I overheard one of the things that uh, your team did was to create videos, short videos to explain to the uh, end users about this branding and about actually showing them what was happening behind the scenes, how this uh, new service would be different, how it would be better, and uh, you know, please you know, be ready to use it. And it was obviously very effective. So that's, uh, that's, that's great to see. Well, I think, yeah, and I, to, to tag on it, so that's a, you know, a great point is it was showing the behind the scenes. It's not just saying, hey, you know, we're going to be different, but here's, here's how, you know, in a, in, a, in a visual way that, you know, to your point, showed the back end of, well, this is how come we can say this now, right? Because we're doing this, this, and this different. And it explained the different channels. Uh, they, they have a choice of how they communicate. It's very simple. Here's where you go, but now you have your choice of channels. And if you um, want to walk up for in-person support, here's what a tech cafe looks like. Here's how it works. Speaking of tech cafes, I know for another one of our clients, uh, Tom, uh, you've set it up so that the, the, the tech cafe is used as a training vehicle as well to actually uh, participate in the organizational change management to give classes and sessions. Here's new technology. Here's how it's being rolled out. Here's how it affects your workplace. And here's how you can benefit from it. And I think that goes a long way to uh, encouraging adoption. Going back to your point on, you know, looking at the psychology of users, you know, getting past that fear factor of something new. Just a few weeks ago, we were at, Unisys was at Microsoft Ignite. We had a, a booth there. We gave a couple of sessions. And uh, one of the messages that caught my eye there was kind of a provocative one. It says, stop calling the help desk. And here we are talking about just the opposite, you know, contacting the help desk and reaching out to it. But the message there was not so much you don't need a, you don't need a help desk, you absolutely do, but why should it be the only way that I get help is when I reach out for help? Shouldn't it, with all this technology we have, shouldn't it be able to recognize that I have a problem and proactively, in some cases, proactively uh, resolve it? So that's something I'd like to talk to you about, Tom, is this uh, evolution of support from a reactive model to a proactive model. I mean, what is that exactly? How real is that? And what can we expect from it? It's very real. For example, we have a service, you know, end user experience monitoring. Um, and we can tell a lot of information about a user, um, but it's somewhat reactive. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of funny. It's deemed proactive in a sense that, well, I can proactively reactively see that you're having problems and then <laughs> go to go to solve that um, and then push that out to you know a bunch of users but um, the thing about it is it's really reactive the thing about IntelliServe platform is being able to build algorithms that help us make decisions on things um, it allows us to then start to tie platforms together and tools together uh, make a decision on that um, and then execute upon it with that conversational interface. Again, a chatbot can't go and just have a conversation with you. So, for example, being able to determine that a user hasn't been able to access a, an IP address three times, and we know that IP address is a certain SaaS application, 
why shouldn't I reach out to that user and say, ask them if they're having a problem? I can't do that with live agents or technicians just because you don't have the sheer, you know, the number to be able to proactively pick up a phone and call everyone. But that's the beauty about artificial intelligence is that um, I'm not limited uh, to the number of bodies I have. So I can identify that. Uh, I can reach out and say, hey, I'm noticed you're having this problem. And that artificial intelligence and then communicate with you. You say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not able to get in. Uh, okay, would you like for me, for me to help you reset your password? That's a great, great place to be from a capability perspective. But what if you said, what if that user said, no, um, I'm not trying to access this. Now we've just identified a security event. Um, whereas uh, instead of looking at large scale behaviors and trends within security, that might be the very beginning of something that then, um, you know, the enterprise personal assistant can get over to security and alert them of. There's a lot of different scenarios. There's a lot of different capabilities when you start to look at smart conference rooms and sensors. And, um, you know, there's a lot of data. Um, the technology is getting smarter and it's generating more and more data. But it's what, a, what do you do with that data? In the past, it was about data visualization. Now it's taking it to the next step and saying, taking it from data visualization um, to actual execution of what that data is telling us. I think one thing that we are seeing very clearly in talking to our enterprise clients, Tom, is that the digital workplace has become increasingly complicated. You know, it used to just be a laptop and a phone on a desk. Now it's a smartphone, a tablet, a laptop that travels, uh, a, a virtual assistant that I, that I interact with and ask questions to, uh, IoT in the building, smart sensors, smart thermostats, smart conference rooms. With all this complexity, I think our clients are realizing they need to change how they provide support for, for the, this digital workplace. So my question for you is this, Tom, what would you recommend would be one thing that uh, enterprise clients who are thinking about providing better support for their end users in this digital workplace, what is it that they should be doing now? Journey mapping. Understand your users, understand how they access the, the you know, the services or the things that they need to do their job. Um, again, I, you know, it's stay away from technology first and take a user approach first. Um, understand where those pain points are. Um, you know, you're not, you can go out and you can, you can definitely do, you know, Q and A sessions and, um, you know, and, and gain feedback and, and information uh, directly from users. But, Sometimes that's going to, once you sit down and really look at it and you dig into, again, the behaviors and, and why is this happening, there may be a different root cause there, right? No difference in, you know, looking at problem management within technology. What initially manifests itself may not be the root cause. And so that's why I say if you, if you go and look at those different, that journey of the different business units and um, the different types of users in your organization uh, and understand, um, their difficulties, you will find some common themes. And then once you find those common themes, then the next step is really then saying, okay, how do I want to change this? Again, not from a technology perspective. Uh, how can I make this easier? Um, how can I make uh, users more effective uh, in how they get support or how they do the things that they need to do? Uh, because once you have that and you've got that end in mind, 
then you can go and say, okay, how, do, how can I apply this technology to uh, enable that user experience? Well, Tom Adams, it's been great chatting with you today. Thanks so much for taking some time out to, to talk with us about your view of the future. Hi, right, Weston, I appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Well, we've been spending time here with Tom Adams, the Director of Digital Workplace Services at Unisys. That brings to a conclusion this episode of the Digital Workplace Services Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening. The original music you just heard was composed and performed by Barry Tannenbaum. The episode was written and produced by me, Weston Morris.